This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Welcome to another episode of Making Shift Happen. I'm recording this early in the morning, so my voice is going to be even even lower than it normally is. Hopefully it sounds okay. Uh, this is what I've got for my schedule this week, but it is what it is, right? <laughs> you have to make use of your schedule as best as possible, right? Well, today, uh, going kind of on the tail of the last episode, talking about, you know, basically... I'm having a hard time. It's early in the morning. I'm having a hard time with words, but trying to manage heat, right? And just trying to stay as cool as you can, especially when you're training out in the heat and things like that. Well, this episode, we're going to be talking about heat related illnesses, you know, any types of warning signs, symptoms that you might experience, things like that. Because friends, this is incredibly important. You know, heat illnesses are nothing to be scoffed at or balked at rather anything like that. Um, they're, they're meant to be taken seriously. They can be a matter of life or death, you know, and, and I know that can sound a little borderline fear mongering, but it is because this is serious. I know for me personally, I experienced, um, some massive heat exhaustion to the point where I actually thought I was experiencing a stroke. Um, I was in my early twenties. So yeah, about 20 years ago. Oh my God, about 20 years ago. And I was going for a mountain bike ride on my own and I had already worked a long shift that day and I was going for a mountain bike ride solo. It was hot. It was in the nineties. I was living in North Carolina at the time. So hot and humid as you can imagine, deep South. Uh, and let's just say friends, I was not feeling so great. Uh, at one point during the ride, half of my face kind of started to droop. Yeah, that was, that was fun. That was good. And I'm so glad I was by myself. Um, (laughs) sarcasm, but yeah, it, it was actually, uh, pretty intimidating, pretty anxiety inducing, but you know, I was like, well, do I stop my ride or do I keep going? Yes. I actually had this thought. Oh, to be in your early twenties. And um, I decided to stop the, the ride and maybe go back because I was noticing on the same side of my body uh, some weakness in my arm. And I was like, all right, this is not a good sign. Am I having a stroke? Like, what the hell's going on? And of course, that was the last thing in my mind because I was in my early 20s. I was healthy. I was vibrant. And um, here I was, you know, on the trail thinking I could be actively having a stroke and I'm by myself. So I thought, okay, let me ride back to my car awesome. I'll drive myself to the ER, but you know, I think I'm feeling a little bit better. Let me go home and shower first. That's what I did. Went home and showered first. And actually that was good because I took a cold shower and that did feel really good. However, after I got out of the shower and I looked in the mirror and I smiled, like the one side of my face was still a little, uh, off. (laughs) Let's put it that way. It kind of looked a little, not as severe as like Bell's palsy, um, you know, or any type of palsy, but it did look like it did look different than the other side of my face. So it wasn't symmetrical. 
okay, let me drive myself to the ER. <laughs> Don't worry, friends. I live near the near the hospital in Greensboro, North Carolina. So went to drive myself to the hospital. I've never been admitted to the emergency room so quickly. And I've had massive pain, vomiting, kidney stones, you know, that type of thing. Um, I've never been admitted <laughs> to the back so quickly. I guess all you have to do is say the S word, stroke. Um, I didn't realize that. And please know I was not milking that. That was legitimately what I thought was happening. Um, so I go up to the front desk, slur the words, you know, I think I'm having a stroke. And she just kind of looks at me. And I think she could tell by the, you know, the half of my face that was kind of a little droopy. So got carted back there quickly. And um, at that point, I was anxious. They did give me a little bit of, um, uh, what the hell is that medication called? Xanax. They gave me uh, like a, well, first they wanted to give me two Xanaxes. And I was like, absolutely not. I've never taken this before. Please just give me one. I'm so glad I only took one because, <laughs> yeah, they didn't believe me when I said I was very easily uh, affected by medications and things like that, which I'm sure some of you are as well. Um, but yeah, I took one and I mean, honestly, that doctor could have told me I had a stroke. Like he could have come in and told me that I was having a stroke and I probably would not have cared, uh, because it was just so mellow after that. But yeah, they did the brain scans and everything like that. Everything came back normal. However, they did find some other things going on in my brain. Um, so they, uh, referred me to a neurosurgeon and, um, well, a neurologist first, and then the neurologist <laughs> referred me to a neurosurgeon just to see if I needed any, any type of brain surgery. Um, friends, my, my brain is just so big. It just, it doesn't have room up there. I'm just kidding. But yeah, all in all, let me just say those, I'd say like maybe about two hour time span from the point of symptoms to, you know, me being in the ER dosed with Xanax. I have no idea. Maybe even sooner than that. I really don't know. I can't remember. Again, it was 20 years ago. But those were not pleasant hours. Those were not, that was not a pleasant time. I will say that I wasn't necessarily experiencing anything that's going to be on the list today. However, what heat does impact people differently. All right. I do want to go ahead and say that full stop. You might be impacted by heat differently than your friend. You might be impacted by heat differently than your partner, especially if you are not of the same sex. It is, it's paramount to realize that we're each going to respond to heat differently. And I think we need to acknowledge that full stop, because that is where the issue lies is sometimes you'll be out with friends and they'll just like, have you brush it off? Like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that hot. Please keep in mind that heat acclimation is going to be different for everybody. All right. My heat acclimation is different now, even than it was two weeks ago. And my heat acclimation might be different than yours. So please just respect that. I want to go ahead and say that. And, and I'll, I'll step off my soapbox, but I think it's very important to understand that and respect that. Respect that, you know, our biologies are completely different and also our ages are different. You know, sweating is obviously a normal uh, cooling mechanism for the human body, right? We want to sweat. However, please know that like, for example, kids and teens, they are going to be a little bit different than adults. So if you have any kids or teens, or if you train children and teens, this is going to be incredibly important for you to recognize. They are going to produce more heat than adults when they're active. 
and they sometimes will sweat less, believe it or not. I know sometimes they feel like or look like like sweaty messes, but they are sometimes and often sweating less than their adult counterparts. So please recognize this, and I think this is incredibly important, especially if you are a coach for kids and teens, recognize that. Please make sure that you incorporate any type of rest, even if it's just a few minutes in the shade, and then make sure that they're staying on top of their fluids while they're while they're biking or doing any type of uh, you know activity. All right, this is incredibly important, regardless if you're a parent or not. I'm not a parent, but you know I'm always trying to keep an eye on on the kids at our gym, um, as well as uh, especially out on the trails. And uh, and please just know, yeah, you know, kids, teens, especially if they happen to have a chronic health problem on top of things, you know, asthma or something like that they can be a little bit more susceptible to any type of heat-related illness, all right? So please keep an eye on that. Um, And then, of course, take into consideration what type of clothing that they might be wearing as well. So if they're wearing any type of heavier clothing while they're also being active, um, you know, case in point, like football, (laughs) come on, you know, they, they have a ton of pads on. And there have been countless heat illnesses and deaths, unfortunately, um, with kids who are on a variety of football teams, and it's incredibly important just to to recognize the susceptibility of certain people uh, versus others, okay? So please, please be kind to one another. If someone's not feeling well and they're saying that they're not feeling well, believe them. Please believe them. And even if they're not looking well, which you're going to, to hear about in a moment, if you're starting to notice some signs and symptoms before they're actually feeling these things, Hmm. it is a good time for you to step in and say something. Check in on them, okay? Give them an easy out is what I'm trying to trying to support and encourage. All right, so some warning signs and symptoms of heat-related illnesses. Regards to this, I want you to know that there are three overarching types of heat-related illnesses. There's heat cramps, which generally speaking, a lot of us have probably experienced at one time or another heat exhaustion, and heat stroke. So again, heat cramps, heat exhaustion, and heat stroke. But please know that before you get to those points, um, and not always, you don't have to experience these things before you get to those points, all right? So please know you can start with heat cramps. Hell, you might even have, like your first level might be heat exhaustion. You might actually just skip the heat cramps. You never know. Um, But you can also experience other things like sunburn. I think, you know, many of us have had sunburn. And then of course, heat rash. Now I'm going to go ahead and say something that not the whole the whole medical community does not say this. I'm going to say it out loud. Heat rash and sunburn. The symptoms that they explain and describe for these illnesses aren't oh they don't always take into consideration darker colored skins, okay? Um folks who have more melanin, all right? And you know, generally speaking, the medical community does a piss poor. I'm, I'm sounding mad because I am mad. All right, so I apologize. You're just gonna stick stick with my sit with my madness for a moment. Medical community does a a very sorry job of um, only describing symptoms as it relates to white skin or fair skin. And please know I'm saying this as a white-bodied individual. My father is incredibly dark. He's the melanin side of the family, and then my mom is very fair-skinned. Um, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. And just know that like these signs and symptoms aren't always going to look the same for everyone else. So just like I mentioned that they're not going to feel the same for everyone else, 
they're also not going to look the same, especially when it comes to sunburn and heat rash. Now with heat rash, this is when you have like red or raised clusters of like some small blisters. They might look a little white, especially on darker skin. Um, but they might also look a different color. They might also look a little darker on darker skin. Again, everyone's different and it depends on your level of melanin. So, you know, just look for anything that looks like little pimples. Okay. How about that? I think we all kind of know what pimples look like, regardless of what uh, our skin color is. And when a heat rash happens, hey, you just want to stay nice and cool. Try to keep the area dry if you can. There's even been suggestions that I've seen on medical websites that, you know, they suggest using uh, some sort of skin powder to help soothe the rash and ease the rash a little bit. All right. Generally speaking, a heat rash is going to be in the neck, chest, groin, or even in your elbow pits, your elbow creases, uh, sometimes even behind your knees. So any place where you're going to notice that heat tends to accumulate, all right, that's where you're going to see some heat rash. Just know it might look a little different. Same thing with sunburn, all right? Sunburn, it's very easy to see on a more fair-skinned person, obviously speaking, uh, but someone who has darker skin, it's going to look a little different. And this is going to sound a little stupid, but this is where polarized sunglasses can actually be a game changer for folks. If you happen to have sunglasses that have polarized lenses in them, awesome. I know this shit can be really expensive, but Gooder, and this is not a paid advertisement. I don't even own a pair of Gooder sunglasses, but I have many friends who have Gooder sunglasses. They do have polarized lenses and they're cheap. I think they're like $25 a pair, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Check them out. But a sunglass with a polarized lens is actually going to allow you to, to kind of see sunburned skin before it happens. And I can't remember why this happens, but, um, you know, you can even check out your own skin before you can even see it. Generally speaking, now this is not a hundred percent, but this is just something I have noticed over the years is I can actually see, you know, when I'm starting to burn before I can without the sunglasses on, if that makes sense. Again, I have not proven this. This is just my own personal experience. And I've heard other folks um, mention this. And I think it's kind of worth mentioning here. Did not necessarily see it uh, anywhere in the medical literature that I was looking at. But I figured it's kind of worth maybe putting out there. But um, polarized sunglasses, I've actually been able to see when my darker skinned friends are starting to look a little bit burned. And I'll say something to them, you know, like, hey, are you feeling okay? Like, I think you're burning only because my sunglasses. And I will say on a couple of occasions, they've been very appreciative because uh, it's actually difficult for them to even sometimes tell, uh, you know, depending on obviously how used to the sun they are. But, you know, obviously if you're more fair skin, a sunburn looks like, you know, a red warm skin, right? You can eventually get blisters on the skin, especially if you have a severe sunburn. But when this happens, obviously stay out of the sun until your sunburn heals. You know, try to cool the area, maybe even put on some cool clothing, uh, damp clothing if you can, you know, and and definitely put on some sort of like aloe vera or something like that. And don't break the blisters if you do happen to blister. That is definitely a no-no. You want, you want the, the burn to kind of go through its life cycle, okay? All right. So those are kind of the couple of things that might happen. Uh, in addition to some more serious heat-related illnesses, and it's not to say that a heat rash and heat, you know, and a sunburn are not serious by any means, because man, if, if you've ever had a, a serious sunburn, then you know all too well, that shit hurts. <laughs> now, heat cramps. All right. With heat cramps, 
this is where we start to get into like some some dirty dirty territory here. All right, some life threatening territory, quite honestly. So I'm going to put my put my serious voice on, uh, my serious deep voice. But heat cramps; these are going to be the mildest form of heat illness, and generally speaking, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's painful muscle cramp, probably even a little bit of spasming happening that occurs during or after some sort of intense exercise and sweating. So, you know, if you're sweating a lot and there's higher heat, great. You're going to possibly get some, some cramps going on. Okay. Um, now sweating isn't always going to necessarily happen, especially depending on the climate. If you're in a more humid climate, it will look different than a more dry climate. Okay. But if you're experiencing muscle pain or spasms, you're experiencing heat cramps. What's best in these scenarios is to stop what you're doing, move to a cooler place, try to, you know, drink some some water and electrolyte mix or sports drink mix. Uh, I know generally speaking, medical institutions will suggest a sports drink, even something as common as like Gatorade or something like that, only because they're trying to get calories in as well. They're trying to get some sugar in, carbohydrates in. Uh, because that will be shuttled to your muscles quicker. So if you see suggestions online to have some sugar and salt, it there is a reason for it, right? It's just to help help get some glycogen and, and other things, obviously, to your muscles, help with recovery, help shuttle the, the electrolytes into your body as well. All right, so this is not the time to go for low calorie. Like, please do not start worrying about your diet or anything like that. Like this is starting to become an illness and you need to address that. So please drink some electrolytes with calories. Uh, ideally, it's nice to wait for the cramps to go away before you do any more physical activity. However, there is going to be a borderline of when you need to get some medical help. This is when your cramping lasts longer than an hour. If you're already on a low sodium diet, especially if you're on a low sodium diet for like high blood pressure, things like that, okay? Also, if you have pre-existing heart conditions or heart issues, that's going to be a time when you do want to seek some medical help. So if, if you are at an event, great, go to the medical tent, please tell them what's going on. Tell them your medical history, if, especially if you do have any type of heart issues. This is when you need to start having things addressed. And please know a salt tablet is not going to be the end-all be-all that's going to solve everything because sometimes at certain levels of heat illness, you actually want to um, potentially, like a salt tablet might not be the best option at that point. And this is when medical attention is going to be the best option to gauge whether or not you need that, okay? Now, beyond heat cramps, you have heat exhaustion and heat stroke. And this is when you're starting to get really serious, Okay. With heat exhaustion, you're experiencing, generally speaking, some heavy sweating. You might have like cold, pale-looking, clammy skin. And keep in mind, pale skin is going to look a little different for someone with darker complexion. Okay, but generally looking at their eyes, you can tell like they're not feeling good. They're not in a good place. All right. Uh, If you have nausea or vomiting, that is a sure sign. If you have muscle cramps as well. If you um, have a fast and weak pulse, so it's not necessarily a strong pulse yet, but it is fast and weak. If you're experiencing any tiredness, weakness, dizziness, headache, fainting, or passing out, all right? Any type of syncope, one of my favorite words. Now, to, to treat this, try to move the person, you know, or yourself to a cool place, loosen your clothing, get some, get some air going against your skin, 
try to put some cool damp cloths on your body or take a cool bath and definitely sip, sip some water. All right. Now, time to get medical attention right away is if you're throwing up. So if you have that, that vomiting that I mentioned earlier, if you're throwing up, if your symptoms do get worse, and if your symptoms last longer than an hour, all right, this is heat exhaustion. So it's the second level of heat on us. That's a little bit more serious and it can start to really elicit the need for medical help. Okay. Then the final level is going to be heat stroke. This is when you have a high body temperature. So about 103 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. If you have hot, red, dry, or damp skin, and keep in mind the redness might not show all the time on certain skin tones. So be aware of that. Uh, If you have a fast and strong pulse. So with heat exhaustion, it was when you had a fast and kind of like weak pulse. So you didn't really feel it. Um, But with heat stroke, you can have a fast and strong pulse at this time. If you're having a headache, dizziness, nausea, again, confusion. Uh, If you are definitely losing some consciousness, passing out, you know, excessive amounts of syncope, heat stroke is very serious. It's not meant to be taken lightly. Definitely call 911 right away um, because heat stroke can be a life or death situation. Try to cool the person. If it's you, try to stay cool. Get some shade if you can. Again, try to lower your temperature, your body temperature with any type of cool clothing, cool cloths, whatever you can, a cool bath. Um, Don't give the person anything to drink though. This is the recommendation with the CDC. I know we all probably have some mixed feelings about the CDC, Uh, you know, but please know, like, let's not let politics and things like that from the, from the past in impact your decision to follow what their suggestions are medically speaking now. Uh, because I am using a borderline uh, combination of advice from the CDC as well as Johns Hopkins Medical. Um, you know, and sorry, Milo just passed. <laughs> Milo just sighed. He is obviously not impressed with heat illnesses whatsoever. Um, but yeah, Johns Hopkins is another great resource. So I, I try to use a combination of both of them. Now, I will go ahead and say, you know, with heat stroke, I found this suggestion to not give the person anything to drink pretty strong. Um, but that was actually pretty much across, you know, the board. However, I will go ahead and say Johns Hopkins did suggest to offer cool fluids if the person is alert and able to drink. And I think that was the situation is that can be kind of the differentiating factors. If how alert is the person when they're experiencing heat stroke And CDC's suggestion might be just a little bit more conservative. Should the person pass out, you know, the last thing you want while they're passing out is to, you know, be choking on something or something like that. If you happen to have a medical degree and you are a practicing physician of some sort, please let me know. Drop it in a comment on social media if you have anything to add to this. All right. But this is generally speaking what they suggest in wilderness first aid response courses and things like that. Um, you know, and, and please know that heat exhaustion and heat stroke are not meant to be taken lightly. All right. Please heed the warning signs and symptoms. They are serious. Now I will go ahead and say that heat stroke can be prevented and how you prevent these things are to drink plenty of fluids, obviously, especially if you're doing something that's more intense. And if you're outside in the heat, definitely drink plenty of fluids. 
But here's the thing. You want to drink plenty of fluids all the time, like every day, not just when it's hot out. You know, sure, pay more attention to how much you're drinking on those especially hot days, but it is a good habit to get into. And I know this is something that is so resistant for so many people, but please know that, you know, dehydration can cause a lot of these other things to to kind of start to take place. You know, try to dress obviously in lighter colored clothing, something that's a little bit more lightweight, a little more loose fitting, especially on hot days. And then try to, try to, like I mentioned earlier in the, in the last podcast, try to schedule any type of vigorous activity or extreme activity, anything outside during the cooler parts of the day, especially if you're already acclimated to the heat. Great. You know, do something in the cooler, cooler times of the day, take some rest periods, get in some shade, um, try to elicit any type of breezy areas that you might be, might be in. Um, and then on top of all of this, please use sunscreen. You know, there needs to be an SPF a minimum 15, but if you talk to any dermatologist, they'll recommend a 30 just because they're trying to protect your, your skin. Um, but you know, SPF can go a long way with preventing sun, preventing sunburn and, and helping you stay outside longer and enjoy the sports that you love. But please don't be ashamed of taking a little bit of breaks to cool down. You know, maybe put some ice cubes in your sports bra if you wear a sports bra, uh, rub some ice cubes on your wrists and armpit area, things like that, just to help kind of keep your your baseline temperature a little bit cooler for when you do actually start to get outside, okay? Well, I hope this episode's been helpful for you all. Again, it's really important just to pay attention to the warning signs and symptoms of any type of heat-related illnesses because time and time again, you know, I see friends struggle and just feel like they need to push themselves a little bit more than they think they do. And, you know, in in actuality, they're experiencing some heat exhaustion and they really should just take it easy, you know? And, and again, please recognize that everyone's symptoms can be different and skin color, it does play a role in that. And it can be harder to see certain things on, on just darker complexions. So please be mindful of your friends and please be for the, be there for them. If you happen to notice a change in their skin tone, uh, that maybe they're not seeing. Okay. We all got to look, we have to look out for one another, right? All right. Much love to all of you. Thanks for allowing me, you know, the time and space to just to take a little bit of downtime the month of July. This is something I love to do. It's my birthday month. It's my partner's birthday month. And it's just nice to kind of take, take it easy during the summer. I'm trying to, trying to have a little bit of a, I'm embracing the, the year of no a little bit and just saying no to certain opportunities that maybe just don't reinforce what I want to get with my time with my clients and my athletes. And, you know, hopefully this will encourage you to do the same and give yourself space to spend time with family and people you love. All right. All right. Well, speaking of which, I'm going to go and hang out with Milo and Aaron, and I hope you have a beautiful day. I will catch you next week. Bye.